and welcome to the podcast for Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. This is a message Tom Job gave on Sunday morning, May 15th, 2022, outside in Elm Grove Park, remembering Passover and the year that we met in a city park during the pandemic. We're back here. I'm so, I am so pumped. It's just, you know, just, we just thought, Let's go meet in the park and just remember how God was faithful to us for like 14 months that we did this. So thanks for, oh, can you hear me good? Okay, thanks for coming. Look, can I pray for us? Thank you, Lord. We love you so much. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for proving yourself faithful. Thank you for everything that you got us through. Thank you for everything that you're doing in each one of our lives. And we know you're going to be faithful to us no matter what. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is like some, so I have, I will say I have had like some of the favorite memories I've had in my entire life, like right in this park. Like there was a Sunday, I think it was like early February 2021, where we were like going on a year of doing this. And it was one of those Sundays where it was about 39 degrees. It was very windy. It was drizzly. Like all of our papers were flying everywhere. And everybody was super cold and super shivery and super wet and super miserable. And then, but there was a lot of people here. And so Lee was going to do an 11 minute message. I was going to do an 11 minute message with the song in the middle. So we sang some praises. Then Lee gave an awesome message. It was like 11 minutes long. And then we sang an, an another song and then I came up here and said hey we just heard a wonderful word like it filled up my heart and we've offered our praise to Jesus that kind of great sacrifice I think it really meant something do you guys want to just say hey that's it and let's just go home and they said no no we've come here we want to hear another word from the another message from the word and I'm like you really asking me to preach this message yes bring it we're already here bring it and I was like this is the greatest day of my entire life <laughs> and so and then right about seven minutes into my message the sun came out it went from like 39 to about 53 and 30 seconds and it was just a super it was just a super awesome day you know I was thinking about like I was actually looking over some of the messages that I was preaching in 2020 like in January and February and I thought oh bless your heart like you had you had no idea what was coming. The biggest problem I had in February 2020 was we were afraid we had a skunk under our house. And I thought, yeah, you have no idea. Like, what? Did y'all ever see that YouTube thing? It's a girl. I think she was like a comedian, but she's sitting at her at her breakfast table. And then all of a sudden, there the same person is sitting in front of her. And she says, who are you? And she said, well, I'm you, but from four months into the future. And I need to talk to you about some things. But because of the butterfly, effect. I can't really tell you any details, but I have some good news and some bad news. And she said, what's the good news? And she said, well, 2020 is going to be a really good year for uh, climate change. And, you know, they, they, there were some dolphins in the Grand Canal of Venice. And they said, really? She said, well, our mother put that on Facebook. So I guess it's true. But she said, I, I just want to give you some advice. I can't tell you really what's going to happen, but I want to give you some advice. You need to take all your money out of all your investments and put them in do you know what Zoom is? And she said, you mean that conferencing app? She said, yes. In Zoom, she said, trust me. And you need to do a great big Costco run right now. She said, I do? And she said, yeah. And you know that golden retriever that we've wanted for a long time? It's time to get it. And she said, well, I don't know if I should really get it because, you know, I've got a lot of travel with work coming up. And the other girl just started busting out laughing. And she said, walking this dog is going to be clutch. So... So, you know, but, um, golly, I remember, 
I remember when they told us, I guess it was the Surgeon General said that we needed to wear these masks and we needed 10 days to flatten the curve. And I thought, I can't do this for 10 days. But then when it became obvious that it was going to be longer, I thought, so the three words that were like priority to me, I thought these are going to be the keys. One is flexibility. So when they, so like when the governor said, okay, you can't have more than 250 people in one closed space. And then that was on Friday. Then on Saturday, he said, hey, we're changing that to 50. And then on Sunday, he said, we're changing that to five, you know? So we couldn't meet inside anymore. And a lot of people were saying, are they telling us that we can't worship Jesus? They don't have the right to tell us that. And it was just like, well, no, they weren't saying that we can't worship. They were just saying that you can't meet in your church building, which if you read the New Testament, you don't really find that bit. So, you know, anyway, you can do all kinds of things. So we just started coming out here and just being flexible. And then I thought, and another thing was creativity. That was going to be key. So Nino, um, so we decided, okay, we could live stream our church services. And then Nino's brother said, hey, don't do that because if everybody's live streaming, the stream gets full of stuff. So what you need to do is pre-record it and then edit it, put it all together and then drop it, which I didn't know what that meant at 1045 at the normal time. So that's what we, that's, so then, so everybody started getting super creative. And so Lee got super creative in how to like video uh, music and it was super cool. And then like messages, I discovered that um, well, let's see. You can be creative. I had one message where I was holding a chicken. That had never happened. I had one message that part of it was taken on the roof of our building. That had never happened. I had one message. I don't know how I got into this, but it was like magic tricks. So I found out that Lee could edit a video where he, you can show exactly which frames you want to take out. All you have to do is just cut them and slice it over. It takes like one second. So I was making coins disappear, like just holding a coin and then just dropping it and then just standing there. And Lee would splice out the part that it drops and I think I disappeared myself I just kind of said like that and I walked off and then it was just nobody there and then I walked back on and he just spliced out the part where I walked on and off and just it was really pretty impressive so I mean I, I thought how did he do that but um so one thing we started doing because we got kicked out of the prison so we were out of the prison for 400 and 12 days, I think. And so Lee said we could take our services that we're editing and we can, we can make a DVD out of them. And so that's what we did because in the Morgan County prison, they have an in-house uh, television channel. And I knew that they showed DVDs on that. So we started sending them to the chaplain saying, hey, this is a 35 minute worship service and you could play it if you'd like. And we never really knew if they did, but every week, like for all that time, like 14 months, we sent those DVDs up there. And then when we got to go back in, um, we were TV stars. I mean, like they had been watching them every week. We were signing autographs and all that stuff. But that was one of my one of my students that I had had. He had gotten into um, he had gotten into some trouble, so he got into a part of the prison that was more uh, more security. Nobody likes to go there. It's really a tough part of that place to be in. And he said he was in there, and he was so discouraged, and he was just disheartened, and he was going to walk away from his faith in God, and he just didn't want to pray anymore. And he said, I turned on the TV, and there was Lee and Christy and Nino and Thomas and the people that I know that come here and sing to us. And, and then he said, then I listened to you. And he said, I just, I gave my heart back to the Lord and I started praying. And now, you know, he's doing awesome. So it just felt that way, like flexibility and creativity and, and, and basically love, because I know like for 14 months, you know, on Sundays, our parking lot was completely empty. And, and 
And I didn't really know if people understood that we were just trying to not be a part of spreading the coronavirus around town to people that were old and weak. And then, and then one day a guy came up to me and said, are y'all that church that meets out in that park? And I said, yeah, how do you know? He said, well, I just have heard about it and I've seen you there and I know you're not up at your church. I want to say thank you. And I thought, that was super sweet. You know, there were, on Monday nights, we would pray outside on the sidewalk, and there were a couple of times where people would stop by and just hand us prayer requests of things that they wanted us to pray for, because they knew we were outside praying, you know? And then, then on Good Friday of last year, like when, this, when we were almost ready to go back inside, we decided to have our Good Friday service out in our parking lot. So we were setting up about 6.15, and somebody called the cops on us, and I'm like, what? What? We haven't been in this place for 15, 14 months, but they called the cops. So I, I told the cops, I said, okay, this is going to be super sad. It's going to be super quiet and it's going to be super quick. And he said, it's just our Good Friday service. And he said, you're not doing anything wrong. I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to flash my lights and let them know I'm here. You know, so, so that's what that, you know, that's what they did. But, you know, I, it's funny because like, to me, when I look back on it, like, like when we were in the middle of it and particularly at the beginning of it, to me, it was kind of scary. You know what I mean? It's just like a global pandemic and nobody knew what it meant, but it meant that we couldn't live our normal lives. And it was kind of a scary thing to be in. But now as we look back on it, it's kind of a joyful thing for me to look back and to think about things that God did. And some of it was fun and it just kind of gives me joy to remember it when at the time it was scary. And it made me think about the Passover, you know, like, like the Passover when, when God told his people that were enslavement in Egypt that he was going to get them out and it was going to be and how it was going to happen and how they were going to remember it every year after that forever. And when it was happening to them, it was scary, I think. You know, I mean, it had to have been super scary. But then when it, they remembered it years later, it gave them joy. I mean, and that some of it was even almost fun, you know? Like when it, when it happened, like God, he told them that the angel of death was going to pass through the land that they were in and, and come into every house. And they must have felt like, is this the judgment of God? Like, are we at the end of all things? And then they weren't. And then it wasn't. And I remember when the pandemic started and people were saying that. Is this the judgment? Are we in the last days? Are we near the end of time? And people would ask me, do you think we're in the, near the end of time? And I would always say, I don't know that. I only know that we're one day closer than we were yesterday. But then on the news, they were saying stuff like, is this going to be the end of restaurants as we know them? Is this the end? I mean, the news was always like gloom and doom. It was just like, it wasn't really news, but it was like, when you look into the future, are sports over as we know it? Will we never go back to the store? Are stores over as we know it? And I remember when I would go to Kroger's from 7 to 8.30, it was for the older people, you know, so they wouldn't, you know, because the most vulnerable and all that stuff. So I'd go to Kroger's between 7 and 8.30 and it was just old people. So I told people that when I go to Kroger's, I always go to the traditional service, you know, but they, but, um, but you know, so people said, is this the end of everything that we know? 
And then it wasn't. And, uh, but you know, one thing that I had to do, I had three things that I lived by every day. And the first one was today only. Okay, I can't do this. I can't do this thing where they're talking about, is this over for good? Is this over for good? Today is the only day I can think about. Maybe something is over for good, but it's not going to happen today. Today is the only day I have. It's the only day I can praise Jesus. It's the only day I can ask him for things. It's the only day I can please him. Today is the only day I'm going to think about. Today only. And all my fears and anxieties disappeared. And I've held on to it to this day. I learned that in those months. And I'm thankful. You know, one thing I do think that like that the Israelites had to learn is that they had to learn to obey God when it didn't really make any sense and what he told them is what you have to do is you have to get a little lamb and you have to bring it into your house and then you're going to have to kill it. Kill it. Yes, kill it. You're going to have to slit its throat and then you're going to have to catch its blood. And on the night when the angel of death passes through this country, you're going to have to paint your door with blood. And it's like, that makes no sense. Well, it doesn't have to make sense. Just do what I say. And they just obeyed God, even though they didn't fully understand it. And it turned out to be not only the key to their survival, but also the key to their future peace. Because 14 centuries after this, one time, one of the guys that was a follower of John the Baptist, John chapter 2 said this was a few days before the Passover. And they met Jesus for the very first time. And they were thinking about the Passover and the things that they were going to remember and the night that blood was painted on their door. And John said, that there is the Lamb of God. And it's like, wow, wow. And they would learn that knowing him was the key to, to peace. So one thing, one thing that, um, whatever, um, I'm just like 12 minutes, so that's good. But what one, so what, so this was the thing. This was that one thing that happened to me during the time of the coronavirus. Like to, so the second thing that I live by every day is today only. And the second thing was no criticism. Like the, the vaxxers were criticizing the non-vaxxers. The non-vaxxers were judging the vaxxers and the maskers were judging the non-maxxers and the non-maxxers were judging the maxxers and everybody was judging everybody. And I decided during this whole time, I am not going to criticize or judge anybody because if I did, it made my anxiety increase and I didn't really know why. But I understood right early on that if I, I'm not going to say anything critical of anyone, I'm not going to judge anybody in my heart because I don't like feeling anxious and this makes my anxiety go down. And also, it's exactly what Jesus said to do. He said, you know, don't criticize anyone in Ephesians chapter 4 and in Matthew chapter 7, you're not supposed to judge anybody, judge their motives, judge anything about them. Just don't do it. So when I didn't do it, my anxiety would go down. And I started to think about it. And I realized that when I criticize people, and when I judge people in my heart, I'm basically saying, I'm trying to decide if I do more than you. I'm trying to decide if I am more than you. And I'm the judge, so I always win. The only thing about it is, 
peace only comes when I believe that Jesus loves me in spite of the fact that I am what I am, in spite of the fact that I do what I do. And then we went into the time where I couldn't be anything and I couldn't do anything. And I felt the Spirit ask me in my heart, are you okay? Are you doing okay? And the only way I could do okay is if I believed that Jesus loved me in spite of who I was and in spite of what I did. And I was always okay until I started criticizing somebody and I stopped doing it. And I started to understand that when you obey Jesus, even if you don't understand why, it's the key to peace. You know, and I thought about another memory, another memory that they had. I'm sure it was scary at the time and they complained a lot about it. But another memory that they had of the Passover was after they left Egypt and they went and they were out in the desert and they were in the wilderness for a long time and they couldn't work jobs and they couldn't farm. And all they had to do was trust God to take care of everything that they needed. And they, they had a festival that was, scholars say it was the most joyful festival of all. It was the festival of Booths, the festival of, of Sukkot, where they would live in tents and stuff. And they remembered when they lived in the wilderness and God took care of them and how fun it was. And one thing that I lived by during the time of the corona was cares to prayers. Today only, no criticism of anyone and cares to prayers. If I had something that became an anxiety, I tried to turn it into a prayer in 20 seconds and just give it to God. And it just wound up becoming something that was so fun. And I had so many awesome examples of it. There was one day I was in the, uh, at UT Medical Center doing that chaplain thing. And I was on the oncology floor and I went to a door and somebody was on the phone. They said, come back, come back. You know, I just knock on the door and say, hey, I'm the chaplain. I'm just going around pestering people. And, you know, and then I went into the next guy. He was asleep. I went into the next person. They said, no, 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 not now, not today. And I went down and sat on a bench right in front of the elevators. And I said, Jesus, I need somebody that wants to talk to me. Like, I don't want to come up here and just knock on doors and nobody wants to talk to me. And I went to the very next door and a woman was on the phone and I said, and I knocked on the door. She said, no, 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 not right now. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just one of the chaplains. Oh, you're the chaplain? I said, yeah. She said, give me 15 minutes. I have to talk to you. I super need to talk to you. And I waited 15 minutes and I went back and an hour and 30 minutes later, we had cried and prayed and everything else. And it was super amazing. So, so anyway, Oh, and it was fun. I mean, and I do believe, I do believe that there are some people, you know, I feel like it was scary when we were in it, but when we look back on it, um, it's kind of sweet to think about things we went to and it kind of gives me joy to remember certain things. But there are some people who, when they look back on the time of the pandemic, it will give them nothing but pain. There are a million people who died in our country during that time. 90 million Americans lost somebody that was their friend or somebody that they loved. And when they look back on it, it never gives them joy to think about it. And I thought, well, the problem is that they're looking back on it, but not from far enough ahead. There's coming a day 
And if a thousand years on earth is like one day in heaven, there's coming a day soon when all of us who love Jesus are all going to be in heaven together. And I can imagine that somebody is going to look at somebody and say, do you remember when I lost you? Do you remember, do you remember at that time that we both knew in ways that we had never known it before that nothing matters but love? And I loved you more than I ever dreamed I would. And you loved me too. And we lost each other. And now we're in heaven. And it's still the same. We know now, like never before, that nothing matters more than love. And I can imagine that somebody's going to look at somebody that they lost and say, do you remember when I lost you? And it was super, super hard. But things would happen, little things would happen that would tell you and tell me, Jesus is right here with us. He's walking us through this. He's shepherding us, even though we're going to a place that we don't want to go. But we both knew he is our shepherd in the middle of all of this. And now we're in heaven. And Revelation chapter 7 says the lamb that is in the midst of the throne is going to shepherd us there. He was our shepherd then. He'll be our shepherd forever. It's still true. And you know, I think about how, how somebody's going to look back in heaven and say, remember when I lost you? And the only thing that mattered to us, and we couldn't have it the way we, we the only thing that mattered to us is all being together. Hey, we're all together now. It's sweet to look back. Lord God, I thank you for how faithful you are. I thank you for how faithful you were to us. But I thank you that um, we're going to go forward no matter what, knowing you're always going to be faithful. And we love you and thank you for the months we spent here, the things we learned here, and for the future that's ahead. In Jesus' name. Lord, you give what I can't make. When I'm filled, no one can take It's the joy, the joy that you give me Well, Lord, you give what I can't make And when I'm filled, no one can take It's the joy, the joy that you give me You pour out all I 
की 